Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. I am so happy to have you um, back with us on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Today, uh, my guest is Sheila Pack, and Sheila is a top-producing real estate agent in, um, with REMAX Roots in Winchester, Virginia. And if any of you know where Winchester, Virginia is, it is a... Um, about uh, what would you say, Sheila? Maybe 80 miles west of Washington D.C. Maybe more. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, about that. Sounds, that. Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. about right. Um, I've had the pleasure of having Sheila um, or knowing Sheila for quite some time, and she's also been a client of mine you know, for coaching. And um, I'm sure she's going to talk about that too. <laughs> what some of her challenges have been. Um, but the reason I want to have Sheila brought on is that um, she's kind of just a little sleeper. Um, she she doesn't uh, toot her own horn. She's not um, someone who is you know kind of out there in your face as a top producer. Yet uh, she just seems to always come up with these great numbers at the end of the year and she's she's a a little powerhouse there Uh, so Sheila welcome to Mortgage Lending Mastery thank you Jen so let's get started with what I typically get started with everybody is you know tell us about you Um, tell us about your current practice right now and what what does it look like what's it comprised of some of your numbers are you primarily listing or selling do you do rentals kind of give us a, a feel for what your practice looks like Alrighty. Well, um, I've expanded. Um, I've been doing this for 13 years, and I've had a, a an assistant for about nine. Then I expanded with the listing um, assistant a couple years ago, and I just hired a buyer agent last year, which I believe is what really had me do you know even better this past year. Um, and volume wise, when you said I don't, you know, I. I I work so much, I don't follow the numbers probably like I should just because they come if you're working hard and working for your client is my motto. Um, and so I am, um, I'll try to think of my volume here in a minute, so I apologize. That's okay. Um, but, uh, so I have a team, a buyer agent, myself, a listing agent, and I do, I help buyers as well. And then I have a listing assistant and a contract coordinator is what my team looks like. Yep, and um, she's got a lot of Jens and Jennies on yeah. her team, <laughs> which was a yeah. challenge for us when we no were more coaching. Jens. <laughs> right, it was just too, too many of them. That's right. Um, and so, it, it, let me let me see if I can drive some of this in a little bit as you're thinking about the volume. But are you primarily listing or primarily buying? What do you think is there? Is it fifty fifty? Is it a seven thirty thirty split? Where does that that land? I'd say it's probably seventy thirty listing. Okay. 
Right. And then okay. Paul has, you know, more of the buy. So I do probably 30, but then, you know, Paul probably, well, I guess if you're including Paul, it might be more like 60-40 if he does, you know, some of the buyers. Okay, good. And then, so let's let's kind of digress a little bit on, and then when you think about your numbers, because I, I seem to recall that you had a little over 100 transactions last year. Yes. And so that's a, that's a lot. And what we don't want to do is we're not going to share the dollar volume <laughs> because, <Okay. laughs> because, although we can, but, uh, you know, most, most of the transactions that are in Winchester are, you know, fairly low. So someone um, you know, he hearing your numbers uh, might think that you're not doing a lot of business and when in fact you are. So, you know, a hundred transactions a year, that's, that's quite a bit for a real estate agent. And I, I imagine it was a little bit over that as well. Um, yes. So, you know, we don't really need to know the numbers exactly as long as it's over 100. <laughs> so um, yeah. let's let's kind of, you know, digress and say, okay, you know, 13 years ago when Sheila got in the business, first of all, you know, what got you into the business? What, what was the thing that drew you into our um, crazy world? And, you know, what did you do before? I uh, worked for FedEx for 13 years before real estate. And uh, when I had bought a house, I liked my real estate agent and, and when I found out that uh, delivering packages and was hurting my back, um, I decided to get into something else. And I thought, well, real estate looks like something I could do. So it took off from there. That's great. And so when you started, and I imagine, you know, gosh, delivering FedEx, you knew the area anyway. That was easy. Yeah, that had an idea. helped. Yes, <laughs> that really Absolutely. helped. Um, and I knew a lot of people as well, which helped. Um, mm -hmm. And I was used to working at a fast pace, so um, it just it just seemed to be a perfect match. Great. So when you you became a real real estate agent, because there's a lot of new real estate agents in the marketplace now, and you know um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, we have a lot of people that um, haven't been able to find jobs when they lost their jobs, you know, several years ago, and so they mm -hmm. came into real estate. And then we have you know the new world of millennials, where we're getting you know younger people uh, entering the workforce, and they're coming in as real estate agents. There's quite a few that are heading in that direction. So when yeah. you look back at when you were brand new in this business, um, and so if there's someone new listening in, well, you know, what would you have, today's Sheila, have told that day one Sheila to do or not to do? I would say, um, if you're talking about a new real estate agent, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, well, first of all, I think it's important that you need to have um, a small income source when you first start because jumping into it, you know, depending on how the market is, um, you know, people get discouraged, I think, because they think they're going to make start making money right away. But I think working on a team, if I, if I would have to advise someone, you're finding a good team, you're doing the research, getting on a team, the buyer agent to start with, you're learning the business and then seeing if it's something I think that you could do on your own or maybe you want to be part of the team. I think that's um, probably what I would advise people to start um, yeah, and learning, learning as much as you can. Yeah. Right, especially if you think that this is going to be your n next career. You don't want to be disgruntled Correct. by the fact that, you know, it takes some time. It yes. definitely takes a lot some time of people, Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, when they interview at companies, the brokers don't tell them that. They they say, oh, come on board, you know, you'd be making money. And 
I, I think I'm always, you know, upfront with people when they approach me that you're not going to make money right away. You will, but, <laughs> you know, you, you just can't uh, set that expectation, you know, uh, I'd say within the first six months too high. Right. And and sometimes in a year, I know some real real estate agents oh, that yeah. have been doing it for a year and just haven't gotten it. You know, part of that is just a, the dynamic shift of being in, thankfully, you had a situation where uh, you were moving quickly. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a fast-paced environment. You knew the area. You knew people. But some people mm-hmm. come from being a teacher and being sort of in this isolated world of talking to kids, and mm-hmm. the pace is different, or they come from a corporate environment, and they don't know really how to how to maneuver in that, and the broker doesn't really know either. So it's catch Correct. as catch can. It's trial and error. So I think I think that's a an excellent um, way to tell people you know to get started. And I you know I love Brian Buffini, and I know you're part of this as well. Is that he says you know yes. they'll tell you the sky's the limit, but they forget to tell you there's a floor. You know, or no that's, floor. I like right. Or no floor. That is true. And sometimes you'll be working negative income to get started. So that's excellent. Is yeah. there anything else that you would encourage for someone brand new in the business to um, to think about doing? I mean, to hit the ground running a little faster to create that better, the stronger learning curve. Um, I, I would say take classes. Um, I think that knowledge is important, and then also, you know since, you know, you have a mortgage company. Um, also, connecting with a couple lenders, you know, for those first home buyers, you know, a lot of agents that have been in the business for a while have clients, and, and maybe they don't want to work with, you know, lower volume clients, and, and that might be a good start as well. Right. Um, get okay. referrals from lenders or people they know. Um, oh, and also uh, networking, coaching, you know, if they have the money. I mean, that might not uh-huh. start right away. Right. Right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really important. So if we if we then um, progress forward, and we talk about you know what what was your tipping point? What was the one thing you know? So you're on a team, and maybe you didn't start on a team. Did you Did you start on a team, or were you just independent? No, by I yourself? did not. Okay. Um, so where was your tipping point? What was the magic time frame that you finally, everything clicked, and it took you from one level that may have been just sort of sitting there for a while to the next level? And that level might have mm-hmm. been just used, not your team, but just maybe you now doing a lot mm-hmm. of business. What was the, the tipping point there? I would say probably after the second or third year, um, when people, the referrals started coming in and people started selling their house. Um, that was the neat part is that repeat clients, you know, you're selling their parents a house, their kids a house. And, and that all comes with, you know, if you do a good job, focus on the clients, they'll refer you. And that was one tipping point. And then when I hired my assistant uh, and after you know, doing this business for four years, um, that's when my volume dramatically increased. Right, right. So let's talk about that because that's something that a lot of people, I deal with this constantly with coaching. And, in fact, I even dealt with it somewhat with you. And that's okay. Yeah. We can talk about that. You know, <laughs> <the> is, <laughs> uh-huh, is, is uh, you know, uh, the fear of bringing someone on that you can't support them or that you, mm-hmm. you know, you can do it better yourself. So talk about that and how, uh, what your perspective is on that these days. 
Well, I, I tell other agents because they always say, well, I can't afford an assistant. And I just say you cannot not afford it, you know, to get one. Um, right. Because, you know, you're doing so many things you should not be doing if you're a real estate agent. Um, mailers, um, paperwork, and it is, it's freed me up for more time for buyers getting out there, visiting sellers. Um, and then I just hired a buyer agent last year, and I'm still busy. <laughs> My husband said, how come you keep hiring people when you're still busy? <laughs> so, right, um, right. Yeah. And I know, um, and that's because you've just built such a great, a great company. And I, I, so let me ask you this question, too. You know, since you were coaching with me, are, do you feel, um, how do you feel compared to when we first started coaching? Um, well, I think coaching definitely helps you, uh, hold you accountable, especially when you get to a point, you know, you need somebody to get to that next step um, to show you what you're doing, um, that you could do better. I shouldn't say wrong, but maybe do better. Um, and and overcoming obstacles, you know, maybe they're in your head or they're real obstacles, but I think a coach can definitely uh, give you clarity and with that. Okay, so do and, you feel, yeah, so I was going to ask you just if you felt like you had more clarity these days. I do, I really do, and I think, you know, um, when, you know, we were talking and co- you were coaching me, um, you know, you you wouldn't um, take excuses, which I needed. You know, you were just like, that's not an excuse. Or, you know, um, and I needed that. You know, I needed somebody that was going to, you know, make me answer and, and uh, you know, open my eyes. Right, so. right. Well, and the reason why I'm sharing this is not because I want everybody to come to me and have me coach them. It's because um, I don't have any room for anybody anymore. I'm I'm uh, maxed mm-hmm. out. <laughs> I have the, the clients I have. In okay. fact, I had to increase my my fee so that I, less people would come to me. But um, uh, you know, the whole idea here is just for people to understand that you know that a coach can can shine a light on. Yeah you know, the areas that you may not, you may not be thinking, because I remember when you came to me, you were, you know, working unbelievably long hours, you were about ready to get married Mm -hmm. to your husband, and you weren't, you weren't there, you weren't present in that relationship, right? And, and by hiring someone else that allowed you to sort of sit back, calm down, be able to be present in your personal relationship just as much as you need to be present in your business. And in fact, now you're more present, even though there's more volume. Yeah. And I think that speaks volumes to uh, your ability or willingness to take on and, you know, uh, improve your practice in yourself. So congratulations to you. I think that's just wonderful. I have to tell you, I can hear it in your voice. That's why I asked the question. I can hear it in your voice. Oh, You're just funny. much more, you know. Um, I am. Um, my assistant even asked me the other day, she was, You're so calm. Like when problems. Where arise. is Sheila? Who took her? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, I do feel more calm. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay, so let's talk about, um, so, you know, hiring an assistant brought that on, but but I want to back up just a little bit. So these, you know, you took great care of your first set of clients. They were so mm-hmm. happy with you that they came back to you. What, why did they, or how did they find you? Because statistically, NAR puts a statistic out that 13% or that 85 plus percent of um, home sellers or home buyers would go back 
and use their their past real estate agent, but only 13% do. And the reason mm -hmm. that that happens is because there's no communication with um, uh, with the clients after after the sale. It's just transaction, mm -hmm. transaction, transaction. And so, what is Sheila's secret sauce in keeping them close so they come back? a second time, but then also your, and I imagine it's the same secret sauce that allows for you to go out and find new prospects and bring them in and have them actually engage with you. So what's Sheila's secret sauce? Well, I, I would say a couple of things. Um, I do have a database and I try to mail a calendar each year and one other piece of information in the middle of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I, I don't do too many mailers, but I do try to maybe shoot a text or an email if I think of something or if I see them or if I go buy a house that I sold. Um, and I think um, I probably don't keep in touch as much as I should. That's a goal that I have for this year now that I have the buyer agent in place mm -hmm. is to, you know, keep in touch. Um, because you don't want to inundate somebody with, you know, a gift every month or a mailer, but you know, I think a couple times a year, um, just so they have your information. And if you do a good job, I feel like people will remember you. Um, but you also have to, in the same time, keep in touch, you know, a couple times a year. Um, and I have a client appreciation party every year. Um, so even if they don't come to that, they get my invitation and know that I'm thinking about them. Um, and those are, you know, a couple things that we do. We're thinking about adding something else. I did a Santa with uh, pictures with Santa this year for people with children. Um, oh, great. So I just you know, try to do a couple things. Right. So do you think that, um, so uh, you know, anybody who's listening and, and a realtor who's listening as well might say, well, I do those things. How come mm -hmm. I don't do 100 deals a year? Right. Well, you know, like I said, it, it took me a while to build up to this, and I think an assistant is the key, and focusing on the clients is another key. I think sometimes people focus on sending out too much stuff in the mail when you should really be focusing on during the sale to do a good job, listen to the client, um, you know, because I think that means more than, you know, six gifts a year. Um, and I don't know what yeah, I don't know why. No, and and I I get it. I mean, it's totally about being yeah. the you know the personal touch. It's about um, mm -hmm. something that I've been on. Uh, I was going to say I was going to say barking about, but I should say embarking, right? <laughs> uh, because I'm talking a lot about it, you know, and have been for the last year or so. Is the um, you know, obviously everyone knows the difference between transaction and relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Really digging in the relationships. But once you're in the True. relationships, it's also not just going deeper with relationships, but I, I feel like it's going wider at the same time. And to mm -hmm. me, that's richer relationships. That's, mm -hmm. um, you know, deeper is just monetary. You give me something, I'll give you something. You know, when are you doing your next deal? Now I like you, but now, you know, I won't like you in between. Um, I'm just more concerned about the deal. That to me is deeper. It's calling them more often to go deeper. Richer is wider. It's, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, really knowing your client, knowing, you know, anticipating what their needs might be, knowing what their yeah. life events are, um, really just having them be friends. And, you know, I, we talk so much about how many deals you did, how many transactions you closed, but really when it boils down to it, um, it's how many families did you serve. And yes. that mindset, I believe, is the differentiator between good and great. Yes. I think that's important, and um, so I do focus probably more, you know, just on, you know, when I'm helping them, then probably, you know, maybe I should do a couple more mailers or a couple more calls, but, um, you know, I just, I'm not real sure, you know, what, why it keeps them coming back, and I guess I'm, I'm going to assume it was the service that I gave them. Most mm-hmm. people remember good service, so... Yeah, well, and I think the other thing for you particularly is that, and, and everyone can hear this, you know, who's listening in, is um, you you are really very calming with your clients. That's something that you've been working, you know, had worked on for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's different, something that differentiates you um, from a lot of real estate agents is that you're not um, the... Uh, mean realtor, I'll just call it what it is, you're not the mean realtor who's just grabbing at straws and and nothing's going right and so they're just going to take it out on everybody else. You have just, you know, a very calm, very even keeled and I think that um, that's attractive to people as well and and, um, so I think that's just part of your nature which is is Mm -hmm. a a godsend for you. Okay, so... It is. It is. Well, let me. Hey, I wanted to ask you real quick. So, you did a client. Um, what a client appreciation party are you going to be doing this year? Um, I'm actually. I broke it out into two this year because I have a lot of clients over 55. So we're doing mm-hmm. a country uh, show, old country, like 60s, 70s, and 80s, oh, and wow. a little. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty neat. So I invited about 30 people to that, and then I'm doing my usual. Um, I do a um, wine, it's like a wine tasting um, at a local mm-hmm. restaurant, and then I have um, uh, acoustic singers, you know, uh, mm-hmm. actually it's my husband <laughs> and his um, a girl that he sings with, so they, oh, they sing great. during this event, and I have wine and appetizers, and that's, I'm going on my fourth year at that, and everybody, that's, I mean, I have about 100 people come to that. Wow. Wow. Can you walk us through how you put that together? So someone's listening to this and saying, you know, I've heard of wine tasting, you know, um, and we try to get everybody to come out to a winery and nobody comes out there and it's expensive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do you Mm -hmm. kind of walk us through it? Let it help us visualize what it looks like at a local restaurant to do a wine tasting. Mm -hmm. How do you invite people? Um, You know, what's the cost? What are just everything that that's around that? Well, I mean, I've done two different ones. I've done the wine tasting at a local vineyard, and then um, I did it at a restaurant the the last couple times because it's a little bit easier in a restaurant because you have more service. You know, you have the staff. They have the food right there. You don't have to bring it in. And the price, the cost is almost the same. Um, And I want to say, you know, now that I have people helping me, I don't always know these numbers up front. Which is a good thing. Yeah, sometimes it is so. (laughs) um, And not to know what you're spending. But actually, the the cost of my whole party is probably one transaction. I mean, you can't, you know, one one sale, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's definitely worth it. And each year I feel like it's, you know, people look forward to it. They bring the appetizers out. Um, I give them two tickets. 
is what I do for clients. They have two mm-hmm. drink tickets, and they can try whatever wine they want. And now at the restaurant, you have a lot of guys that don't like wine. They can get a beer, or they right. can get you know, a Diet Coke or, you know, Perrier water, you know, whatever they want. Um, and then they help themselves to the appetizers. There's music. And then I do prizes. Um, we do about 10 giveaways, um, you know, movie tickets. Um, I have different companies in the area that will donate prizes, and then we'll advertise their name. Um, and so it's, it's pretty nice. And are they there at the event, your, your uh, patrons? I mean, I guess what I say are the people that donated the prizes, are they there to mingle Some, with your? Yes. Some people do try to. I have my plumber there. I have home inspector. I have, um, like, my hairdresser donated, you know. Um, uh, and, you know, and it's kind of fun because the guy that won it last year is bald. So we, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, made fun so, of it. Yeah. <laughs> we're like of all people. Um, and, yeah. you know, um, so it, it is nice. You know, my roofer comes. Um, so I kind of invite everybody, the vendors and, you know, my clients and, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And the whole purpose of it is for you to just serve your client, be there to mingle with your client, not to pitch anything. You may Do you stop in the middle and just say, you know, hey, everybody, just real quick, I just want to say thank you for supporting my business and thanks for coming out. I hope you have a good time. Goodbye. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, I stop yeah, and not, do that a couple of times. Yeah. 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 That sounds good. And then um, what, what restaurant are you having this at that you're allowed to have music, have appetizers in an area versus sitting everybody down? So you just kind of take a side little side area and say, hey, I want to have this event here. Can I bring music? Well, um, I do it at IJ Cans because they have yep. the lounge side. It uh-huh. holds about 100 couple people. Right. Um, and they, act, yeah, they have a little stage. Uh-huh. So that's where I do it. And um, there's two other places that would possibly work. But I just, I like the, the convenience. And um, a lot of my clients are in Stevens City, which is near that. Right. Yep. So. Yep. I know exactly. So for those of you mm-hmm. that aren't from the East Coast and you don't know who IJ Cans is, it's, um, Bertucci's would be another example of a, a facility that looks sort of similar, where they have you know the the area where everybody eats, and then they've got a carved out smaller area where you're at a restaurant, but you're you know still carved. Think about where you would have a, a reception. I mean, a, a rehearsal dinner. That would probably yeah. be a yeah, way to say exactly. it, you know, right? Because you're going to have that little carved out area or some little place in the back tucked away. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, good. Well, thank and, you. Um, so have, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, um, and, um, you know, if you have it on the evening that they're not real busy, like I have mine on a Wednesday or a Thursday, so they're not real busy on those evenings. And then I just have it as people stop by from five to eight for an appetizer, you know, a couple of drinks. So they're not pressured to have to come at a certain time. Um, I think that's why it works out good. Good point. Excellent points. Yeah. Um, because, you know, trying to get everybody out on the Saturday when the kids have soccer yeah. and people are traveling, <laughs> exactly. um, which is a, which is a, ironic because mine is exactly the opposite. Mine is on a Saturday. Um, after, oh. I'm sorry, not a Saturday, a Saturday afternoon um, out at my house on the country, you know, in the country on 21 acres. I have a band. I have a face painter. I have a oh, that's nice. photographer taking pictures of people sitting on my front porch because it's a beautiful front porch. I have barbecue. I have a wine tasting going on. Um, we play badminton. Um, you know, there's all kinds of activities that are going on, but it makes more sense because of what we're doing. So I think it's really important that you brought this point up is, you know, who is your target audience? And in this case, you, this implies no children. 
for yes. you because it's from five to eight on your way home from work. Come and have a drink yes. and an appetizer. And most people like that, I think, anyway. You know, mm-hmm. they want to have a you know an hour or so before going home, or you know. Um, so yes, you're right. It is a um, over twenty one gathering. Right. Right, whereas mine's more kid-oriented, so it makes more sense mm-hmm. that I would have mine. So, but I think that that you're bringing up really good points so that we at least dive in that and say it's not just enough to say this is what I'm going to do and we're going to do it based on when I think we should be done, but rather, you know, who the people are. So maybe your 55-plus might be a little bit different situation, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the same. You know, so thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. I think that's real important. So sure. are you able to um, measure how much business you get from doing that? Well, I, I, I don't necessarily know if I can measure it exactly, but I do know after we have these parties, after seeing people, um, I'll get a referral and it'll be from somebody from the party or they'll, at the party, they'll say, hey, I think my neighbor's moving. I'm going to give him your name. Perfect. So I don't yeah. necessarily, I'm, I'm kind of bad at measuring. Um, it, I have an idea, but I just I don't have a, a number, I guess, in mind right. for that. But. Okay. But but there's activity, and I think that's, you know, demonstrating yeah. it right there. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit and not talk about your real estate practice, but let's talk about or what a realtor could do. But for those that are lenders that are listening in, and most are, um, so you're this top realtor, right? You do 100 mm-hmm. transactions, take care of 100 families. You've got all these, you know, people on your team. You've got this whole, you know, whole team of Jennies and Jens and, and everything. <laughs> and, um, i got this team. How, how do we or how do we as lenders crack into your business? How, what's a way that, you know, that we could get in? Or is it, is, is it just a lost cause? Because, you know, there's a lot of loan officers. We're all out there saying, oh, we want to work with, you know, top producing realtors. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's top producing loan officers wanting to work with top realtors. Sometimes it's right. low producing loan officers wanting to work with top realtors. Um, you know, so there's, there's a dynamic there that, that's possible. Is it even possible for you to even consider opening your doors at this point, or are we all just, you know, crawling in, you know, quicksand, <laughs> basically? So well, what would be some of the things that would yeah. we need, you know, that you'd, some advice you could give us? Well, I would say, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's ever, um, you know, pointless to try, you know, to um, get a top realtor. I think, um, well, one thing, you know, when you're working with, other like as a listing agent, when I see a lender working with a buyer and I see what a good job they're doing, uh, that always you know strikes my attention. Like, oh, you know what, that lender's doing a good job on this transaction, even though it's not my buyer. Um, you know, that's one way that gets my attention. And then um, I think you know I get calls from some lenders asking to meet, and, and you know I usually meet with them. I I just feel like it doesn't hurt to have a cup of coffee. Um, but I think um, the lender being, I guess, professional, you know, having a good reputation, um, I guess I'm just trying to think of what would be, um, I always feel like, you know, there's, you know, there's always enough room because you want to, you always want to give out three names for lenders. So, you know, you might have one or two that you use all the time and I don't think it ever hurts to have, you know, another person um, and you don't know who's going to leave the business or you know it's always good to have you know several um, and I would say um, that lender offers classes or 
um, you know, ask how they can help me maybe. Hey, how could I help you, you know, Right, not one-sided. You know. Right, not the one-sided. Yeah. And, you and know, not I think referrals, but, yeah, just how can I help you in general? Like, Right, right. You know. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, we've interviewed people that say, well, I want them to give me referrals, and that's the telltale of whether mm-hmm. or not I have a good realtor. So I think it's important just for um, us as loan officers to find out what mm-hmm. what does growing your business mean to you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's for me, too. Like, what does growing my business mean? Is it give me deals or is it help me grow, be my partner? Um, you know, is it don't worry about anything? I really like you. Just take care of my peeps. You know, and, and right. it could be any one of those. I've got I've got all right. three kinds of realtors, by the way. That's why I said that. Yeah. Um, so I know what, what to strike with that. So I think it might just be important to figure out what's important to you. Um, right. You may not want to well, grow your business. You know, you may be well, saying, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that happens, you know. No, you're right. I, I am, I'm not really looking for a ton of more business, just quality. And I think as like a, a realtor, if somebody is looking to use me, I would expect to do like, here's how, uh, you know, I would think is they give me a referral just so I can see how that goes, you know, um, not for the referral's sake, but just that, that first of all, they trusted me with this buyer that I wouldn't have had. Mm-hmm. And then I see how the transaction went, and it went great. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, that was really great. They helped me. Let me see what I can do to help them. But it wouldn't be a, I'm not a, okay, you have to give me one because I gave you one. Uh, um, I just like when people do a good job. I mean, I have, uh, most of my vendors, unfortunately, have their own realtors. <laughs> but they do a good job, so that's not a reason for me to switch, you know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So um, doing a good job, you're right, is more important. Um, but I think also, you know, just recognizing, um, especially now, um, and, and now this is like a conversation you and I are having, right? We're just having this little conversation, mm-hmm. especially now. The market is opening up so much right now in yeah. lending that there are so many new loan programs and products out there that, that if you don't have a conversation with a new lender and you just, you know, move along and you're merry little way with, uh, you know, the current lenders that you have, and if they're not bringing new ideas and, and all they're doing is servicing yeah. your client. If they're not bringing new ideas and new products and new things like that, you wonder what their value is because someone else is getting in there now saying, hey, guess what? Did you know that you can do, you know, one year of tax returns, not two? Do you know that we mm-hmm. can do, you know, a no-income verification on an investor loan? These All these these new ideas need to come out. And I think that there's value, the value proposition has to be maintained in order to keep the handful that you do work with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I thought of something else. Like, I, I'm not big on this, but a lot of realtors, like uh, lenders that will help with open houses or flyers or, you know, things like that, um, I think is helpful. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I You know, again, it's a partnership. And, and yeah. uh uh, sometimes, and not, and not sometimes, all the time, less is more. Fewer mm-hmm. relationships, deeper, stra- you know, deeper, richer relationships with fewer people is better than a multitude of relationships with everybody yeah. that are superficial. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other advice for loan officers that are listening in and saying, how can I help my realtor? Mm-hmm. What are some ways that I could help them if I'm going to have this coffee? What am I going to talk about? What could I do to help them? Mm-hmm. Or what they could do to get the attention of a top producing realtor in their area? 
Well, you know what somebody um, did to me a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, gosh, you know what, that's really smart. And I don't think she did it on purpose, but hey, if she did, it worked. But she, she called me, she said, you know what, I, I see how much business you do, and I'm just, you know, I'd love to talk to you to see if there's anything, that, you know, any tips that you can give me as a loan officer, you know, um, how I can grow my business. Um, and I thought that was kind of neat because, you know, flattery will get you everywhere. Right, <laughs> so, right, uh, right. Okay, well, you know, let me see how I can help her. So I think people, you know, if you ask, you know, maybe a top realtor in the area um, that question, they're they're bound to probably take a few minutes. And, and you know, I, I thought that was pretty neat. And then she had a good personality and, um, you know, we might work together, you know, a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Um, and, yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah, you know, there's some. There are a couple of um, loan officers, um, me included. One of the things mm-hmm. that I do, uh, well, because I have a podcast, I have a different medium that I'm able to do. You know, pick and choose who I want to have on my, mm-hmm. my podcast. But um, one of the things that I do locally is uh, I interview loan officers. I mean, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. interview realtors in mm-hmm. my office, videotape them, and then pitch that out into their market so they get exposure. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like a, you know, hey, I'm having them on the Jen show, which I don't even have a name for. It's just, you know, hey, I'm here (laughs) talking. I'm here talking with Sheila. Um, And, you know, I think that her business is really fascinating. And, I you know, I'd just like you to share. So, Sheila, so, you know, tell us about your business. And it's just a video. Mm -hmm. And we're putting that live on Facebook. Uh, or not live, but we're putting it on Facebook for their uh, to be able to tag them and share it with their market. Mm-hmm. So now it's a third person validating and endorsing them, not themselves putting up, "Hey, I'm a really good realtor on this," uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> on Facebook. Exactly. Check out my listing. Look at me. Uh, you right. know, it's a third party endorsement, and I think it goes a long way. And it's been really, really powerful. So um, not so much, you know, me calling and saying, "Hey, can you give me tips as a loan officer?" But more how can I help your business be exposed? And this is one way that we can expose your business a little bit more is having someone interview you. Uh, so I think that it, the only reason why I brought that up is because it's just another twist on exactly what you just That's mentioned. That's a great so thank idea. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing that. Um, I really appreciate it. So as we wind up today uh, you know, and wrap up, what um, – what would you like to leave us with, uh, knowing that our community is primarily loan officers with some realtors here and there and maybe some mm-hmm. other business people, what would you like us to, to, leave with, um, to leave for us about success or about how mm-hmm. to run your business, you know, maybe a motto that you live by or philosophy that you um, live by? Well, I, I guess I still live by the, you know, treat your clients um, not necessarily as you would want to be treated, but like they want to be treated. Because uh-huh. sometimes we think they want a certain thing and they don't. And and also, even as a loan officer, if I give a loan officer some business, I'd love I'd like them to treat the client. You know, uh, call them, get back to them right away, and and if that happens, then you know we're good. Um, I just think you know make it all about the client. Awesome. So hopefully everybody heard that really well. You know, is that um, this is not about how many drips, how cute, how cute your flyer is, exactly. Uh, script. It's none of that. It's just treat others as they would like to be treated, and communicate with them in that manner as yeah. well. You know, if they like texting, then don't pick up the phone, and if they like the phone, then don't text them. 
Um, exactly. And sometimes I've got caught on that because I'll text somebody too. and they're like, I don't like texting. Uh-huh. Me too. Especially, <laughs> so. especially our elder generation. That's right. Especially the elder generation. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, Sheila, thank you for um, sharing with us all of your insight um, into what has made you successful so that hopefully that we can deploy um, some of these techniques that you've said and share them with our realtor partners as well to help them grow their businesses and make us successful. So, you know, so one little podcast like this, that these ideas can go out there into the big bad world, you know, can make a difference in someone's life. And uh, so you don't know what kind of impact you have on us today, but I promise you it has an impact for lots of people. So okay. thank you again for joining Yes, thank you again for joining us today. I know it took us a long time to get this put together, but I appreciate your time. Um, and again, I thank everyone for um, supporting me and um, listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.